Hi, welcome to the Gateway Gamers Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm RP. And this is a podcast where a veteran like me introduces the world of gaming to a noob. Like me. Hello, welcome to episode 11. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. How about you, buddy? I'm doing well. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. It's, uh, it's a nice day out. So we're inside naturally yeah, and uh, get ready to record a podcast of our first season. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Season one. Yeah, I read uh, something the other day that most podcasts only go to seven episodes. That's really? like the average. Yeah, so we're... Really? We're above average, just like in real life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So we decided to break. The, I don't know if you do. You want to talk about the seasons, like what our kind of our plan is for that? I mean, it's not. It won't be labeled officially seasons, but just to kind of break it down. Like for our episodes, right? Yeah, I think that what do we have it on Anchor? It just kind of breaks it down according to seasons. So. Yeah, so every ten games, we'll just do it, split it into a season. Maybe there'll be a theme. Maybe there won't be a theme. Yeah. So uh, after every 10 episodes or something, we'll change into a new season and we'll kind of talk about the games that we played and do like a ranking system because everyone loves a top 10. And uh, if I'm just rating the top 10 games I've ever played, it's going to be boring because I'll just be talking at you (laughs) about 10 games. So we kind of talked about doing the top 10 games that we've played so far in the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great idea. It's good to recap. And kind of put them where we think they belong not i mean out of the 10 just because number 10 might be the worst game we've played on this list but it still could be an overall good game mm-hmm. um i still don't have that uh, palette yet to say okay this is what this is the worst game i've ever played compared to everything else really so it just kind of combines yeah. us to season one yeah and as the gateway gamer that i am yeah it'll be interesting because our list will be different because we do have such a different Mm-hmm. look upon gaming so mm-hmm. a game that you might have on your list better ranked might be lower than me for something for different reasons like we have different yep. reasoning behind why we enjoy these games yeah and then to get like a full breakdown of that you know we're probably not going to give it here like we, we might dabble in it a mm-hmm. little bit but if you really want to you know dive head first into it you can go check out the episode that we did on that uh that board game in season one yeah pretty awesome we kind of like looked at this as maybe as a potential starting off point for a lot of people Mm -hmm. too if if they're new to our podcast and they're going to get it kind of a feel for what we do um i feel like this is kind of it yeah you could just jump back and listen to the episode about our full review of the game Mm -hmm. after we either trash it or praise it here And there's always shenanigans on the episode as well. It's yeah, fun to listen always. To. So let's yeah. dive right in. Yeah, let's dive right in. All right, so number 10 we'll start with. Um, and number 10 for you is? Jungle Cruise. Okay. The Disney's Jungle Cruise adventure game is 100% number 10. It's the worst game that we've played on here for the variety of reasons that we talked about. Um, and just the, the nine other games that we played are just better okay um, overall yeah it's it's a very basic mechanics very basic gameplay there's a little bit of fun with the card read um but replayability for it is i will say it's the replayability of the game is high but my desire to replay it is very very low mm-hmm. um and then that's just that's a huge knock against it and price point is, yeah price point was something we talked about it's what did msrp like almost 40 dollars right? yeah and i got it for 20 and i'm happy i paid 20 dollars yeah. for it but i would also be fine if it uh, i returned it like yeah to be honest, no, I, like, I think 20 would have been a good msrp for it yeah. because yeah 20 dollars is a fair fun family game yeah opening it up there wasn't much in there to equal forty dollars uh you kind of talked about this was the first game we played where we're paying for the disney label we felt yep. like because like i said i've i've bought other games that cost like 20 and have amazing productions mm-hmm. and i'm just like how is this so cheap and then this game you open it up and there's like what four like miniature boats like and it's just all yeah like it was... it's uh, it's it's all good quality, high quality stuff, but there wasn't a lot to it. Yeah, no, that would to justify the production wouldn't be that high. Yeah, the art, the art of the board is great. Uh, mm-hmm. The art of the cards is great. Um, the fun little jokes on there are cool too, but that's pulled. It's not like they came up with them; they're pulled from the ride. Um, the dice were the coolest part. The coolest aspect of the game yeah, were the that's dice. Because right. uh, they were really just cool. They were nifty. They looked worn. Like, yeah, yeah, they looked worn. They, they felt very novelty, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, and for that reason alone, 
I think you were the most disappointed because it's a Ravensburger and Prospero Hall production. Yeah, we love them. Yeah. Uh, they are, their their quality of games that they put out that we've played in these first 10 games is great. Uh, replayability is super high, and the theming of it all is great. Uh, the theming for this theme park ride board game is, I mean, the theme is there, sure, mm-hmm. but it's not oozing, as we like to say. Yeah. And for me, it's just, it's really just takes away from the game it's yeah i think this game is kind of their first foray into kids games because they currently prospero hall is working with funko games and they have like the small world game Mm -hmm. um the tea party game so it seems like they with those type of games they wanted to go very kiddie and i think that's what this is it's a great family game but it's just for 40 dollars. i think that's why it's bad it's like it's (laughs) it hurts it hurts our it soul. hurts yeah and for 40 dollars for a family game night that's expensive mm-hmm. where that's why you get maybe get a lot of people who don't venture out because these you know monopoly or operation all that's much more affordable mm-hmm. to play and if you want to attract people to your new game that's the ip helps for sure that's what grabbed us but mm-hmm. yeah no for that reason alone that's why i have it where i have it um at number 10 yeah my number 10 is Jackbox, which okay. is a bit of a caveat because it's not a board game. We kind of talked about whether or not we should even include it. But in one of our episodes, we talked about Jackbox and an expansion to Villainous. And I didn't want to put an expansion on our top 10. So we kind of agreed that Jackbox could be on here. Um, it's So that's the only reason it's number 10. I like Jackbox. I think it's a lot of fun. And it has board game elements, which is why I think it still fits this top 10. Um, where it has games like Secret Hitler, like a social deduction game. You have the type of drawing games like Pictionary. So there are board game aspects, but it's just, it's not a board game. So it's my number 10. Mm. It's not against knocking it for the quality because I think Jackbox is amazing. But as we kind of talked about in the episode, it's a very hit or miss. There's eight packs of Jackbox with five games each, and there might be one or two that are good that's a really good point and then the other three or two are just fine yeah with the msrp of being 25 it's it's a hit or miss all right those are our number 10s now Mm -hmm. number nine so my number nine is jackpot games as well for the exact same reason um i probably would have put it at 10 but jungle cruise was such a disappointment (laughs) for me that it belongs in the number 10 spot okay um so yeah, I, I don't have anything more to add. I yeah. agree that they are a fun party game to play as a as a group, and if you need something to do, it was great during the quarantine. Uh, you do get a lot for what you pay for, but they are hit or miss. Mm. Some of them are really long and drawn out. Some of them are quick and fun and short. So the variety is definitely there. Um, I think it's definitely worth the dollar value, but it's not a board game. Yeah, and like like you said too, though very hit or miss yeah like there's we'll play them as a family or as a, as a group of friends and there's a couple of games that come up and i'm like i just, want to, I just really want to get through this <laughs> like let's get back to quiplash or something like yeah. that um where i don't have like a there's really like two games in those party packs that come that i really genuinely like enjoy a lot yeah uh but yeah just for the sheer fact it's not a board game and jungle cruise just disappointed me so much that that's why it's down there so that's for me is why Jackbox Games is number nine on my list. Okay, number nine on my list is Jungle Cruise. Oh, thank you. <laughs> For everything um, that we kind of talked about, it's just the MSRP is very high for what it is, and it just, it's just, it's a good kids game, and that's just not, we're not that audience. We enjoyed yeah. it, but it's just, that's it. Like, I'm not saying it's not a good game. Mm-hmm. It's just not for us. Like, I'm more of a, a well-versed gamer, and then you're not a child. So it's just, <laughs> I think that's all it is. I mean, and that's why it's so high on my list. I wish low. we What is w- that considered? Yeah, low. Low on low my on list, yeah. <laughs> I wish we were that target audience, because like you said, they're, they're Prospero Hall's teaming up with Funko Games for like, it's a small world and this and that, where yeah. that's like, that IP is my yeah, they made My a jam, but... Mickey's Beanstalk yeah, game, which looks cool. But they're children's games. Yeah, and I might. I mean, I'm gonna grab them. I think It'll be for, great for when my kid grows kid, up yeah. or my classroom. I mean, yeah, I I've grabbed a couple kids games recently, and they my kids seem to enjoy them. So, mm-hmm. 
It's just those price points are high. Yeah. Even those games are like $25. And mm-hmm. it's like, do I want to bring these type of games to my classroom where my kids will destroy them in a week? <laughs> um, but yeah, that's why Jungle Cruise is my number nine. It's just, I just don't think I was the audience. Mm-hmm. And it just was disappointing for the yeah. price. That's our number nine, Jackbox from Jackbox Games. And Jungle Cruise from Ravensburger and Prospero Hall. Yep. So then number eight. Number eight on my list is Funfair. That is mine as well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Funfair. Uh, I did like it, but I was a little let down. I got very excited about the theme park aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. And the price point was really high, even though I know I didn't buy it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You did. But the, the price point for what the game has is high they do give you a lot uh but i was they do give you a lot of cards but i wasn't enthralled by the gameplay Mm -hmm. yeah as we kind of talked about in the episode we and we love the theme it was just the the almost kind of replayability we we talked about in the episodes how we can kind of plus up the game with more variety and just like how expansions would make this game a lot better um and i did have people reach out to us and kind of tell us to try unfair which is their other version which is a more take that version of the game like this one is almost a very family friendly game which again i guess we're not family friendly type gamers because i guess both of them are on our bottom of our list but um unfair is a little more cutthroat and take that where you'll put uh bad things in each other's parks we'll put uh like spies in each other's park to kind of take rides and ideas from each other which i think sounds interesting plus it has an expansion Mm -hmm. for more cards so i don't think funfair was a bad game but on this top 10 it just lies where it is because of the reasons we kind of talked about it just i don't know it just didn't grab me i was reading some comments too from people who have played the game um and they were saying that we may not necessarily enjoy unfair if we didn't like funfair i don't want to say i didn't like it Mm -hmm. but i just it just, like, it didn't grab me. And after we played, I felt, like, exhausted mm-hmm. after we played that game. Um, again, we were learning it for the first time. We were doing some things wrong. But I just didn't have the desire to replay because you did ask me if I wanted to mm-hmm. replay, like, again. And I was like, nah, like, let's play something else. Yeah, and I replayed it with my wife after we played it. And I still, I got the same. So it wasn't like we were in a bad mood and that's mm-hmm. the vibe we were in, but... I, after playing my wife, it was kind of the same. Like, I enjoyed it a little bit more, but I still was kind of ho-hum on it. Mm-hmm. And it's, again, it's not a knock that's not a good game. Because there's people that love it. People love this game. Mm-hmm. It's just not for us. And there's games that we would rather play more. I mean, that's it. Absolutely. For that reason, that's why I have Funfair at 8. Yep. That's me as well. So that's our number 8, Funfair, by Good Games Publishing. Now... Number seven. Mm-hmm. Number seven for me is Ticket to Ride. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of mechanics that go into that game that I enjoy, but I think they're very simple. And I don't think that that's a knock against it, but I think I might enjoy the things that are a little bit more complex that we have played or um, just more interesting overall. It's mm-hmm. a fun game. I was great to play that as our second game ever. I think it is definitely 100% a gateway game mm-hmm. for everybody from ages I don't know, maybe five and up that can play this that game because it is very kind of easy. And you do have to think um, about like point system and, and how you're going to build your railroad. And the backstory behind it is was really neat as well. Um, I do think the price point is a little high. Yes. Uh, but you do get a lot of mechanics for it. Like you do get a lot of pieces mm-hmm. with the game itself just because of the nature of the game. Um, it's a lot of plastic. A lot of plastic. Yeah. <laughs> And it's just like a pickup card and kind of play. I did like how you had the thing kind of three steps ahead. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy that aspect of it. Um, but yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about Ticket to Ride other than the price point. Yeah, the price point pretty high. I forget what that like MSRP four, is I think it's for. 40, it's like, those are 40 plus. Um, looking back at my notes, Ticket to Ride goes for actually $55 is that, the MSRP. You can get it cheaper, but still like. 40 is kind of even cheaper like I've, i was looking after we played on amazon it was like 35 bucks mm-hmm. um which is expensive yeah it really is i'm our sweet spot really is that 20 to 30 dollar range i think mm-hmm. for what we like to play and then we can obviously splurge for bigger stuff yeah um, yeah 
Yeah, I kind of agree with most of the things you said, and I'll talk about it more when, when it's on my list, because my number seven is Magic the Gathering Game Night. Ah, so you have Magic before I do. Yeah, and only because I'm not judging Magic the Gathering as a whole, but this Game Night box that we talked about, and I think because I am such an experienced player, this game was just blah. Yeah. Like, this box... Um, we kind of talked about in the episode, like, the decks were just oddly constructed, where I'm just going through and I'm like, I want to put this in here, I want to yeah. do that. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's a great introduction, and obviously it's a little higher on your list. Where it lies, it lies, because this is your first introduction to Magic. This is like riding a motorcycle and going back to a bike with a <laughs> uh, Tri- like training wheels training wheels yeah so that's why it's on my list this high um the product itself is it's magic it's great mm-hmm. the price i got it for was great it just it was just an it just oddly, didn't do it for you it was just a very weirdly constructed decks like yeah. that's it like you wouldn't notice again like if you're a first time playing but we're going by i'm kind of a veteran with magic that i'm just like ugh. like it was yeah. just so disjointed and weird like it just had such bad balance and that's it like that's why it's on there for number seven i don't disagree with a lot of what you said for a first time getting there but i'll save that for when i mm-hmm. have to talk about it so that's our number seven number six uh my number six is ticket the ride oh you don't say yeah um again i love the production we kind of talked about price point was high this was one of the first games i ever bought and the reason, again, that it's so like kind of low on my list is because it's just not a game that I would play on the regular. Being, again, kind of more of a veteran gamer than you are, if I'm having a game night, I'm having a game night with other gamers, and we're not like, hey, let's all play Ticket to Ride. Like, right. This is a game that I pull out for gateway gamers, like you said, like mm-hmm. someone like you who has never played games. I've played with my family. I brought it out with kids. It's a wonderful game, but just for... The reason that it's not a game that I'm like clamoring to get out is why it's on my list where it's at. Um, there are a lot of people though that do enjoy just to play like that type of game. Yeah. So yeah. Like, we're not knocking that, um, but just like the kind of games that we're me and you are into, yeah. it's just it's it's not there. It's a wonderful game. Yeah. It is. It's a wonderful casual. Um, if you want a game with your friends where you're not on your phone the whole time because it's so quick, like yeah. we talked about in the episode, like. You, you have to pay attention or you forget whose turn it is. Yep. Because if you're looking at your phone for two seconds, the turns are literally just pick up two cards, yep. maybe put some trains down. They're so lightning quick. So, yeah, I mean, it's just, like I said, it's just not a game that I'm clamoring to get out with gamers. Um, maybe if I had one of the expansions, it might change my mind. But we're just going base game, so this is where it's at. Yep. So my number six is Magic the Gathering Game Night. Okay. Uh, so once again, swap, uh, swapping yeah. spots. Uh, everything you said, true. Um, I think I enjoyed it a little bit more because it was my first introduction. I didn't love it, but I liked it. And it's funny because there's other trading card games that are directly inspired by Magic the Gathering, but I have them higher on my mm-hmm. list and what we've played. Um, I, I agree with you that there was a lot of unbalanced decks that I do think it was great for a first-time learner. It was easy to play, easy to understand. Like I said, we played like five or six times when, mm-hmm. we, when we did play that game and we talked about it in that episode. So I don't want to say that, like I hated it because I didn't hate it. Like I just – I think there's more to Magic the Gathering that I'm ready to learn and that this did scratch that itch. It did its job as a gateway to Magic the Gathering mm-hmm. and for what it is – that's why I think it's it's good at number uh, number six for me. Yeah, I definitely want to redo like a like a TCG episode and like mm-hmm. replay Pokemon and Magic and kind of get both of our ideas because we played Pokemon only that one time. So I'd be curious to kind of play again with other decks. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with Magic introduce you to like a real. Mm-hmm. well-constructed deck yeah because the theming was awesome mm-hmm. I, I enjoy that lore aspect the cards were really cool the artwork was great and you got it at a really good price point i mean there were six decks six die uh in there for that and the replayability of that is so high yeah um that's definitely should be higher but i think magic the gathering the base game itself that you know not this this game night version that we played is 
would be much higher. Mm-hmm. Would be much higher. Yeah, for sure. Magic would be my number one. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> yeah. not even like you say. People say it's the it's, perfect. People game. say it's the perfect game, and I think if it wasn't for this game night box, it would be my number one. Yeah, but it is what it is. It, is it, it lies is. where it lies. So it's our number six, uh, Ticket to Ride, published by Days of Wonder, designed by Alan R. Moon. And Magic the Gathering Game Night from Wizards of the Coast and game designed by Richard Garfield. Yeah. Yeah, I knew Wizards of the Coast. Mm-hmm. Look at me. Look at you. I'm learning. Number five. So number five for me is Forbidden Island. Okay. Uh, really enjoyed the game. The box itself is so cool. I enjoyed all the aesthetics of it. It is our first game, so it sits in a nice place in my heart. I don't have anything bad to say about that game, except still to this day, the pieces... Such a nitpicky. <laughs> so if you go back and listen to episode one, his only complaint was the, the pieces, pieces too were small. too small for his sausage fingers <laughs> because you do have to move them a lot when you're flipping tiles. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You have to move them so much, and they're so small that it just it bothered me because it would they were like small and thin, so it's not they would just fall over. Google, the time. they're forbidden, not that. They're really Google, not that. Google small. Forbidden Island. They're uh, if you ever played Sorry. Yeah. Right. They're, they're essentially yeah, like the size. big bottom, thin top. Mm-hmm. Nice and easy to grab and move around. <laughs> Not for me. But if that's your only nitpick, then that's great. I enjoyed the gameplay. I enjoyed that the tile could flip. Um, it had to flip basically twice to be able to mm-hmm. take it out. The water rising mechanic was very cool. Um, and it was very simple and easy. I learned it in like five minutes. Yeah. It was the very first game. Not even five minutes. Um, very first game we played. The design aspect of it all was very cool, how it paid homage to um, things in fantasy and, and adventure films that we love, but it also kind of made it its own thing. And for that reason, I have it at number five. Price point's great. Replayability, super high. I can't really say enough good things about this game. Mm-hmm. I think uh, it's funny that you mentioned you love the box for it. Mm-hmm. You like the what the design of it, like yeah. the artwork. People Just, hate the tin? The tin. Really? <laughs> because it doesn't fit right on a shelf. Oh. So, like, real, there's there's literally a game about stacking board games. I forget what it's called. Really? Yeah. So, like, stacking board games is such a big thing, a big deal, where, like, uh, I know Ikea sells these calyx. I think they're called calyx shelf. And if you're a board gamer, you know exactly what I'm talking about. They're the perfect, like, shape for, like, really? games to slide in. But people hate these game right games because some of them come in tins and you can't like stack them right. or put them sideways because they just. That's such a that, that's such a nitpick too. But, but I, I get I, that. I get it. Yeah, I get that because I do have one game um, on display uh, that I very much enjoy how it is displayed. Yeah, but that it's just funny that you're like I like that. <laughs> and a bunch of people are like ugh. Yeah. So my number five is Marvel United. Okay. Which. Again, another caveat to that, and we actually talked about this in the episode, is uh, I think the Marvel United base game, which you can buy in Target and Walmart, I think is fine. However, I have (laughs) all the Kickstarter expansions that we talked about. So if it was with all the Kickstarter expansions, this would be my number one of these games. Mm -hmm. If we're just going base game, which is what the audience can get as of now i think the base game is fine Mm -hmm. and the biggest problem is the villains i think the villains are very vanilla they're very easy um but i i love the game i do i absolutely love this game i backed on kickstarter i backed the x-men one that's coming out on kickstarter i blew i hope my wife's not listening like (laughs) almost 300 dollars on this kickstarter for the x-men to get everything because i do i really like this game Mm -hmm. i love the miniatures I love the gameplay. I love that it's a true solo where I can play by myself. And the game has a solo rule variant. So it's cohesive. Um, and it just it has like a bit of theme where the Hulk cards like are more aggressive. Uh, Captain Marvel like can blast at different spaces. Like I, I just really enjoy this game. But it's, it is in the middle because of the base game. Yep. That's a great point. Because that was something you and I talked about in the episode where a lot of what, like, whenever I talk about this game and I'm excited for the game, a lot of the villains or heroes I'm talking about are for the expansion. Imagine. I'm never like, yeah. oh, man, Red Skull. <laughs> oh, he was hard to fight. He's a joke. He's so easy compared to, like, the Rhino and yeah. some of these other characters they add it in the expansions and mm-hmm. Kickstarter. The expansions are so, so cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, that's re- I really wish I had the expansions. Yeah, well... Go on eBay. <laughs> Spend a and, bajillion uh, dollars. Yeah. 
to cancel the wedding and yeah. take all that money that you put into the wedding to buy on eBay because that's what it's going to cost you at this point. Yep, there's the reseller price point is super yeah. high. So if you missed out on the Kickstarter, yeah, people are selling individual characters. So when you backed it, you got like 60 more characters in a giant box. People are like piecemealing those characters and selling like just a Punisher for like $20. So you're just wow. getting a figure and his cards for like 20 bucks. I'm tempt it like i there's Who some characters want? that i don't want to play with i'll, I'll be like oh yeah i'll be like i'll flip this real quick but yeah. Yeah, i just can't yeah i would get dr strange if i could yeah he's probably 40 yeah probably so that's our number five number fives number four my number four is forbidden island it's nice i were like oh. flip-flopping yeah, yeah. right next to each other um forbidden island i love this game this is one of the first games that i bought because i was working at a after school program and was just looking up different games to play with kids uh as you said the msrp to price point like 20 bucks perfect for what you get um and i still have the copy from years ago and it's it's held up because of that tin well (laughs) the tin and then um the pieces themselves like the cardboard pieces they're like a little dirty but they're still i did look brand new when we played yeah it's still held up and this game i've had since wow 2000 i'm gonna say 14 wow it's been played by a lot of people um so this game is just like a special it is like a special place in my heart just because of all the memories i have with it and i've introduced this game to a lot of people and they've bought it because it is such a cheap price point like if i was like hey here's ticket to ride like man i love that game and as you said they go on like ebay or their friendly local game shop and it's like 55 dollars they're like "Eh, i didn't love it that much (laughs) but this game i mean if it's on a shelf it's it has to be 20 bucks if not yeah. less yeah no i think it's i think it's great yeah obviously yeah. my number four is pokemon battle, battle academy. academy yeah uh not the trading card game well it was the trading card yeah. game but it was uh, just like magic the gathering game night it was a set built for us there was three decks in there and it literally there was a manual that told us how to play card by card it's set up that way this was a fantastic game for people that are new to the trading card game especially pokemon like it walks you through everything um it'll be like okay you have a you have a pikachu deck and a charizard deck and it just like page by page walked you through the first like five or six cards and then from that point on you kind of understood how to play the game and it was really great uh we played it like two or three times and we both knew how to play kind of immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so for that reason, that's why I have it at four great price point. Um, the aesthetics of it all are great. There's a really cool board that comes with it that shows you where to put the cars um, and stuff like that. Really, really cool. Um, I liked it a lot and I not a big Pokemon person, but I enjoyed that more than the other trading card game. We played magic, the gathering game night. Uh, so for that reason, I have it at four. Yeah, that board is fantastic. Yep. Like if if you've bought other starter sets, it comes with like a paper mat that's kind of similar, but this one comes with like a thick board, yeah. like board game quality mat, well, not a mat, but like an actual board. And that that was huge. I was mm-hmm. like, oh okay, like so if I do get into Pokemon, this will be good to have around. Like it's just a really good component for that game. So that's our number four, uh, Forbidden Island, published by Game Right Games, designed by Matt Leacock and Pokemon, Pokemon Battle, Battle Academy. Academy. Number three. All right, my number three is a game that I was super excited to play. Uh, I'd heard a lot about it from you, and it kind of lived up to the hype for the most part. It was Marvel United for me. Um, we did only play the base game, and I think that is a huge caveat to why uh, you have it where you had it, because the base game itself is lacking. Uh, but that being said, as a huge Marvel fan, I was super excited for this game. Um, the The storytelling gameplay is super cool. It's something I had never played before. Not like I'm super advanced in playing board games, but... Mm-hmm. It was new to me. I was super excited to play some of these characters. The game pieces itself, what are they? The miniatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, chibi chibi style miniatures. Were super cool. I loved it. And I can't say enough about it. But that caveat is that there's more to this game that we just can't get. And, you'll, yeah, you'll never get. And you'll forever have. It's upsetting because I think this game could do even more business than it already did if it did sell the expansions. Yeah, it, I don't know what happened. So when the original Kickstarter came out, they hyped it up that all the expansions 
except for like one was going to come to stores. The only one that wasn't going to come to stores was the Infinity Gauntlet. Okay. They were touting that the Spider-Man, the Thor, Guardians, Guardians. I ordered Guardians through the second, the second round. Yeah. Through you, yeah. Um, and Black Panther. I think that's it for the first round. They were all coming to stores as of the first Kickstarter. So I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not going to back everything because I'll get them eventually. So and then when the X-Men one came out, they said all those ones that weren't in the first round, save for Spider-Man. Supposedly, Spider-Man is the only expansion that's still coming to stores. Okay. They said all of the other ones, Kickstarter exclusive, buy them now or forever hold your peace. And I mean, I kind of stunk and it stinks because this game... It, I think it's gone off the shelves already. Mm-hmm. Like Walmart clearanced it to like five bucks at really? one point. It dropped to five dollars and they got off their shelves. I don't know what happened. I don't know why it didn't do well. Mm. I don't like. I'm not sure what happened to it because it it has good box presence. Like mm-hmm. it's Marvel. It's giant. Yeah. They look like cartoons. They think kids would want them. I don't know why this game didn't do well in stores. It did great on Kickstarter. Did fantastic it did Kickstarter. millions and the second x-men did even more so i don't know i don't know what happened with this game and it might just be because that base box stinks wasn't great and it, then it doesn't stink yeah. i'm gonna take that you're out. allowed to say that it's lacking yeah it, it kind of it's disappointing that it mm. didn't do as well as it did and it, i think it's because we talked about the base box just kind of there mm-hmm. and once they said there's no expansions like they, they should have pushed out like the expansions with the base box it should have been base box and spider-man yeah just to add variety yep absolutely and like for that reason too like i love spider-man spider-man's yeah more recently he's become like my favorite superhero and i can't play with him in the base box yeah it's i don't know what happened there I the think villains just... though is the big thing i want tougher villains and you said that the expansion villains are super oh man tough. there's some ones i haven't beaten yet they're yeah. insanely yeah. hard and it's it's cool though like i like that the other thing you talked about that i didn't talk about is a like story factor Mm -hmm. so that is something when i play this game that i do create like a little story where i'm like all right like kamala khan and shang chi are teaming up to fight the red skull and like i just kind of make it like just a little bit comic booky it's like they just happen to run into each other his red skull is making this weapon like Mm -hmm. it just it is that little it's fun thing that makes it a little more fun yeah yeah so for me that's why that's number three my number three is Pokemon Battle Academy. Okay. Um, pretty much for everything that you said. Um, for as much as I love Pokemon, I've been collecting the cards since they came out. I've I've never played it. And I don't know why. It just... I wasn't a gamer when they were around. And no one was playing it. Yeah. When this first came around, like, 97 or whatever, no one in my schoolyard was, like, throwing down the <laughs> cards and playing. So I, it, I never learned. Everyone just had them. Yep. Everyone just kind of was like, oh, look, I got geodude i'm like oh yeah cool like i <laughs> and i had them all and i was right there and it just i don't know i never kind of went back and played um like you said this box is amazing like i it's really good like the i think msrps were 20 yeah which is insane because you get three decks that box it comes with little chits it comes with like everything you need and the fact that it really walks you through it it's a perfect starter box yeah if you're a parent that wants to connect with your kid if they're into pokemon but it's daunting this is a great box like it really is because as you said it walks you through the first six turns and then you're on your own but by the time you're on your own you get what you're doing Mm -hmm. like it's it really breaks it down really well on how to play and that's why it's so high on my list i mean i'm it made me want to play the game more mm-hmm. outside this box like i've i have a bunch of pokemon cards and i made like little decks i was playing around i was like oh now that i know what this does now that i know what this does like i just started putting them together so when we go back to replay i have yeah. decks ready to go i was excited as soon as i went home after we recorded i got all my cards out <laughs> and was like really looking through them I like strategy would like to, i would like to replay. go back yeah yeah so that's why that's my number three so that's our number three marvel united uh, published by Spin Master and Simon, and uh, created by Eric Lang. And Pokemon Battle Academy, published by Wizards of the Coast and Pokemon Company International. Well, I didn't know Wizards of the Coast was part of that, too. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. Um, number two. My number two is Villainous. Okay. I think you just died a little. <laughs> if you're a listener, you know why 
uh, RP just died when I said it's my number two game. Mm-hmm. Um, Villainous is fantastic. It is. I can't say enough good things about it. It's one of my most played games yeah. in my collection currently. It's not the most played, but definitely is one of the most played uh, just for variety. We've, I think we've talked about this game every episode since I've introduced it to you. <laughs> yes. And it's because it has, it deserves to be. I mean, mm-hmm. it is a great game. Um, there's a variety of characters, so it has replayability. It, as we said, oozes theme. You feel like the villains when you're playing. Um, price point, fantastic. Yep. Prospero Hall. Yep. It's everything. It checks all those boxes that we have. But the game that is my number one, I just like a little bit better for different okay. reasons. Okay. And I'm not knocking this game. It's fantastic. I've seen so many people talk about this game recently. And I, I like to think it's because of us. Villainous. <laughs> yes. But I've, I've been seeing a lot of people post on Instagram. Like, I don't know if, what happened. Like, if they just discovered it or whatever oh. algorithm is uh, now that i'm seeing it more the disney or the marvel one the disney okay like i don't know if people are just discovering it i i hope so let's keep it going yeah keep yeah it going, people. and i like to think it's again because of us it our, is because of us our instagram <laughs> our po- they all listen to our you podcast hear that prospero yeah. hall and ravensburger but yeah i mean i i can't i don't think we there's anything we knocked about this game and i can't think of anything off the top of my head to knock about this the game. the only thing i would say is that there's there should be a, I play a solo variant, mm. but I got it off uh, the boardgamegeek.com where there should be a solo mode built in where you can do it your own. But the, the mode that I play is fine. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like the game should have uh, a more organic solo mode. Exactly. I mean, exactly. It's tough. People don't like solo games. Yeah, it's true. You'd be surprised. But I think uh, it could. It just could a benefit. Mechanic, yeah. A mechanic that it could where I'm not playing the rules that I have though work. You know, yeah. for what I want. For Maybe like a, a Kingdom Hearts expansion that kind of awesome. made it more solo. And... So cool. <laughs> so cool. So, I mean, that's that's all I'm going to say about it because I know I know where it lies on your list yes. and I know you're going to gush about it. Yes. So, what's uh, your number two? My number two is Funkoverse. Okay. Uh, that game was super cool, super unexpected. Yes. That's the, em- the emphasis on here and why it's number two. I did not expect that game to be as cool as it was. Uh, the replayability through the roof there's a ton of different uh characters you can play as different boards you can play as different modes you can play as uh and it's cheap it's not expensive yeah. and it's super cool as a fan of funko it was like okay cool you know the characters themselves are not the same size as a funko uh that you can get off the shelf at home and there's you know uh, accessories that they have to use but you could virtually make up a own version with the Funkers that you have and play as well. Um, I really liked it. Um, I, like I said, I was really shocked. Yeah. And the cooldown track was one of the a super cool mechanic. Yeah. That I had never seen before. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't believe. I was like, this game has this cool mechanic. And yeah. I've never. I'm. There might be a game that has it now, mm-hmm. but I've never seen anything like that. Like the cooldown track. If you listen to the episode. Yeah. I think we gushed about it for like 10, 15 minutes. Like I just, I, it just we, made it so much more competitive than mm-hmm. what it should have been. Yeah, and like I just really enjoyed it. Like I, after like we were done recording and playing, I was like, oh, like I, I actually really want to play that again. Mm-hmm. And I want to be this character. You know, having the ability to play with the Kool Aid Man and Batman on the same team, adding LeBron James. Like it was just so weird. Or Voldemort. Like it was just, I enjoy mixing. Like mm-hmm. I love the idea of. The Avengers coming together, like things just coming together that maybe necessarily shouldn't be. You know, growing up there was Jimmy Neutron and the Fairly Odd Parents combined together, and I was like, In "Oh my episode, god, yeah. <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever!" Like I enjoy that thing, and I want like a Turtles expansion. Yeah, we, and I'm I'm curious about the Golden, Golden Girls. Girls expansion. Like, how does that work? Yeah. But super cool. And if my number one didn't exist, Funkoverse would be number one. So let's get to it. Number one. My number one is, of course, Villainous. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the best game ever made. <laughs> the theming is through the roof. It oozes theme. You open the box and you're blown away with the theme. It just hits you. Uh, the characters which are super cool. Like you, you are playing. You're not just playing the movie. You're playing. What if the bad guy won the movie? And so it's different in that aspect of things. 
the gameplay itself is somewhat repetitive but doesn't feel stale because mm-hmm. you have to go back and forth and you're always fighting against something or your 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 goal is so the character that it just like really engulfs you and you just feel a part of the story and i love disney and being able to play the other side of things typically you are the hero yeah so being able to play as the villain is just super cool and i can't say it enough there's a reason why i love this game why i talk about it every episode since we played it it's just it just really gets me it's just a game on here that i was like this is i need to have this game and you were like why like i own all of them but look at me i've played yeah. it at least more, more than, than i've ever played it yeah i, I i'm close to 100 times i've mm-hmm. played the game um in the solo mode that i found and i just i really can't say enough about it price point is fantastic the expansions well we're just talking about the base game itself yeah but the base game there's there's so much in that yeah. base box like there's six playable characters so many different cards the artwork is beautiful the the mats are beautiful and the the pieces themselves are super cool and for that reason it's and i could go on and on and on about it is my number one yeah i mean i i agree with like i said that i can't think of a thing to knock about that game like components are fantastic artwork mm-hmm. is beautiful it's it's such an easy game that they could have easily just screenshot it mm-hmm. from the movies, but they are, the artwork's like paintings. Yeah. Like I, right. Like has that, it you, has a painting ish feel. Yeah. yeah and they're, it's beautiful. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Like it's beautiful. Like it's hard to be like, Oh, that's and, a nice looking game, but it, even it's the, beautiful. Even the detail on the back of the card. Like when we played for yeah. the first time, you're like, Oh, I never noticed it. Like, but, you never noticed, but I did because I was like, this is super cool. Like yeah. kind of wanted it to be my background on my phone. Like it was so cool. And just, just beautiful like the it. pawns yeah. are perfect like there's you know what i found something i can knock it for but and this isn't the game's fault is that uh tape on the side of the box oh yeah i agree so that's it that's something that ravensburger and a couple of our companies are doing i guess because we're going anti-plastic mm. they're putting tape on the side of the boxes instead of wrapping them in shrink wrap yeah the newer and, ones have been fine it's yeah. the, the box that i had issues with was one of my expansions yeah but just, the newer expansions are fine you get that little bit of stickiness on yep, the side and that's it you just want to throw the whole thing out and you can wipe <laughs> the stickiness off but then it takes away from it's, like yep. the paint on it's the never box. the same it's not the same that's it that's my number one. that's why i could play <laughs> tape on the side of the boxes but yeah i mean like we kind of said great game mm-hmm. like yeah, go back and listen to episode rp has a great three, yeah. a great yell in yeah. it um we'll <laughs> probably be talking about this game for another 20 episodes because yeah. it's as far as we know they're still making expansions that's the other thing we the, they just put out a marvel one and on the back of the booklet is tease for more yep for the marvel ones i don't know if disney because this is like i said in that episode every time I'm like ah this might be it they make another one it's got to be easy for them to make like it's just yeah, easy I money. Can't. People buy. They it. have the IP. Why not use yep. it? Yep. Like it Absolutely. sells. It has to sell. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. The only knock against it, I would say, is like now for like the expansions going. This is verging off of the the base box, is that they're Target exclusive for the first couple of months, which is annoying. Yeah, it's if you're annoying. out of country, especially, they yeah. don't have Targets everywhere. So. Yep. It's annoying. But that's well, that's. But we're in one. we're in America. Yeah. <laughs> that's number one. <laughs> so my number one is Funkoverse. Mm-hmm. Um, for everything that you kind of said, I uh, just, I love when I was a kid, I was able to combine different IPs. I had GI Joe, He-Man versus Skeletor and Megatron. Like that's how I played with my toys as a kid. So this game lets me do that again. Bruce the shark from Jaws mm-hmm. versus Hermione <laughs> versus Batman versus Kool-Aid man, Darkwing Duck. Like it's just, it has so many cool ips at the moment they just came out with uh the avengers which i don't have yet yeah i'm hoping more marvel stuff comes out but i'm also hoping they get weird with it like i don't want to see just a turn to a marvel game now yeah uh i love the golden girls are in it i might not buy that one unless i down the road it's cheap and i see it but i i love that they got weird mm-hmm. like i love the kool-aid man as a character i love that the shark from jaws like who and his component is awesome yeah he like disappears under the board so he can't attack him for a while cool. like he does cool they're all very thematic uh the cooldown track that we talked about <sighs> amazing for yeah. this goofy game to have <laughs> such a cool game mechanic yeah. go back and listen to the episode because i'm not going to get a note now but the cooldown track I, why for this goofy yeah. game and it works so well and adds such a element of really having to think out 
yeah. what you're doing. You can't just go wild and do crazy attacks. You have to think, like, all right, I won't get this attack back for, like, three turns, so I want to do this now. And it's a very deep mechanic for a not deep game. Yep. Like, it's... And like you said, it has different ways to play. So the varieties there, King of the Hill, just a straight-out skirmish. Uh, each box kind of has different things. Uh, but the base box, I mean, is normally MSRPs for, like, 20... Or, no, MSRPs for 40. So that's a one knock I'll mm. give it. This is always on sale. <laughs> Every expansion base game is always on sale, which always makes me another game where I'm like... This is the, this is the yeah, last yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But then they pump out another one, like, oh, it's, constantly. It's that Funko collector. People yeah. probably just buy them just to, to as a collector. To put on their shelf. Yep. Yeah. And it's evergreen with the IP. They can just keep pumping out more. Uh, they also do chases. I think that's yeah. a big thing. Like, mm-hmm. so they'll put out... I actually saw one on the shelf, and it was... Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, right? Alice in Wonderland. And the queen had, like, sparkles on her dress. Yeah. But it had Thanks. the chase sticker on it. Yeah. So all those... Funko Pop addicts are like, I need it. Yep. I need it on my shelf. It says Chase. So I immediately went on eBay and looked. Like I was like, because I was gonna tell you to just buy it, mm-hmm. but that's going for less than what you pay for it. Because they're not as hard to get, yeah, as like a normal Chase mm-hmm. Funko. But I know the Black Panther has like more purple. Oh, like the the as if he's charged up. Yep. And I was like, ah, oh, that's cool. But that I'm not gonna cool. like go out nope. and chase it. No, I have one Chase Funko, and I ordered it on Amazon. It just came. Just came Chase. Yeah. I don't know if I have any. Because I don't care. <laughs> it's my Star-Lord. I wanted him without the mask, and he came with the mask because that was a chase. Oh, see, that's cool. Yeah. That's that's the one thing I'll say about Funko is why I stopped collecting. Mm-hmm. Or some of the chases are so cool, and I'm just yeah. like, I'm not yep. spending more of the MSRP or running around the world. Nope. But that's our yeah. number one, Funkoverse by Funko Games, designed by friends at Prospero Hall. Again, yep. we are the Prospero Hall podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And Villainous by Ravensburger and Prospero Prospero Hall. Hall. So that's it. I mean, what's your impression of like games now? Like going from when you came over and saw my giant collection and we're like dumbfounded (laughs) that I, there's more games than Monopoly (laughs) versus now. Like, I mean, you still only have one grain of sand on a beach, but like, what's your... Yeah, I definitely enjoy them a lot more my perspective on them has changed like before i used to be like like board games like mm-hmm. can we just like hang out but it's completely changed and i want to play games all the time now i'm interested to learn more i'm always looking for what's on sale uh and it's something that piques my interest definitely think i am an ip person first over original okay um games but i'm really excited to learn more this this has been like this like you said a small grain on the big beach mm-hmm. there's so much out there that we haven't even touched we've only played 10 games i feel like we've been doing this for you know a year it feels like because because of the way things go but we're only 10 games in and i can't wait to play more of your collection yeah and keep adding to my own and hopefully there's games better than the jungle cruise and jackbox that we we can play and yeah i don't think every i'm curious to see if anything will ever top villainous i'm in my mind i don't know the fervor you have for that game that <laughs> might be it but yeah i mean you definitely i definitely notice like a more confidence yeah like i feel like you were more like all right let me try this where mm-hmm. like when i pulled out for ben island and like ticket to ride you were like "Ooh, this is, looks a lot like mm-hmm. it, where you don't get that i feel like as much now now yeah. i put a game and i'm just setting it up and you're like all right like i feel like you have more of a like a base to kind of understand the games more like yep. i feel like i don't catch myself introducing new like or or showing you a mechanic and you're like oh what like you kind of got yeah the gist of like basics down which is good um but yeah i'm excited to do more like yep. i i'm still enjoying this my collection has grown when it was supposed to <laughs> not grow um but i mean i might purge fun fair and maybe a couple of these games just because i mean so that's good to kind of refresh and do these top tens maybe in a year we'll like do a look back if we yeah. ever play it again <laughs> like one year later fun fair like mm-hmm. uh never touched it again <laughs> um but yeah i mean this it's was fun good, so far it's been amazing like i said we we're at 11 i'm hoping we do 111 more i don't see why not yeah um but with that I do want to say, since we are at 10 episodes, past 10 episodes, 
we're doing a giveaway from our sponsor over at Rescue Wicks. Uh, as we talked about a couple episodes, Rescue Wicks is a candle company, um, U.S. grown soy wax, ethically sourced fragrances. Um, and the biggest part is that uh, proceeds from their sales go to helping you can't beat that. elderly animals in shelters. Um, can't we are based out of Philadelphia, pretty much right outside of Philadelphia. And they work with rescue companies inside Philadelphia, City of Elderly Love, and a few other places that really help elderly pets. It's mm-hmm. something that's close and near and dear to us. So we're very happy and excited to be working with Rescue Wicks. And they donated some games for us to give away for yep. our first big giveaway. Um, so the same day that this episode will be dropping, it'll be on our Instagram and Facebook. So if you're not following them, Gateway Gamers Pod on Instagram. I think it's just Gateway Gamers Podcast on Facebook. Yep. We have a Twitter as well, which you run. So, yeah. <laughs> Gateway, um, at Gateway G Pod. Yeah, Twitter. Right? So it'll probably be up on there as well. So we're giving away a bundle of basically Dungeons & Dragons gifts for you guys. First thing on the list is going to be the Dungeons & Dragons Adventure in the Forgotten Realms booster box from Magic the Gathering. Um, I kind of talked about how this Magic the Gathering set is based in the land of Dungeons & Dragons. So that box comes with 10 booster pack, a um, bunch of lands, kind of directions of how to play. So if you're not a person that's ever played Magic, this is a good jumping on point. Uh, we're also giving away the D&D Player's Handbook. Which, again, if you never played D&D, this is kind of how you learn and make your adventure. Um, I don't play Dungeons & Dragons a lot, but I have the book kind of on my coffee table. I look through it all the time. Like, the art is fantastic. It's just, I like lore and different worlds, so Mm -hmm. I like just kind of reading through it every once in a while. And we're also giving away a Rescuex candle of the library book scent. Oh, very nice. Very perfect. Yeah, it's perfect for the theme. So if you're doing one of your Dungeons & Dragons adventure in a library, it's, <laughs> it, it fits the theme perfectly. It's perfect. Um, it's an awesome giveaway. Yeah. So that's going to be up on our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter. So all you really have to do for that is share it, like it, comment. Uh, we'll have directions. Um, but if you're a listener, we gave away a secret code in another episode. Not going to say which one. That gives you five entries, so if you want to go back and scour our secret yeah. code, that's there for you. Um, but if you want to get two extra entries now for listening, uh, just DM us on one of those three what your favorite game of our top ten list is, mm-hmm. and that'll give you two additional entries yep. on top of sharing, on top of the secret code in one of our other episodes. Yep, that's perfect. It was an awesome giveaway. Uh, it's a great uh, partnership we have, too, so this mm-hmm. is people win some free stuff and help us help you i guess yeah help us grow um we're gonna do future collaborations with rescue wicks maybe get some more scented candles game centered candles we're kind of working that out at the moment be so cool yeah i mean it's um it's a cool collaboration i'm really excited and they do great things so Mm -hmm. Uh, another exciting thing with our 10 episodes is i want to introduce officially producer audra who is a big part of the show but who has not been on mic yet so i just want to get her on kind of get her ideas of the money that you've spent so far and (laughs) how fun it is to produce our idiocy all right and finally joining us for the first time is producer audra audra welcome to the gateway gamers podcast hey guys thanks for having me how are you Doing good, hanging in there. Excited to be on this. Yeah, yeah. No. Finally. Yeah, it's funny because you're always here. Sometimes you'll be in the room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. There with her I'm always around, and and then while I'm editing, you know, things. I I feel like I should be in this. I think I should be doing this conversation. So I'm so excited to be yeah. on this episode. So that's a big thing for you listeners. Is Audra is our editor, which is why she's producer Audra <laughs> because uh, it's up to her to make us sound halfway good. Yeah, it's hard. So if we sound bad, blame her. Yeah. <laughs> she edits out a lot of our goofiness and yeah. curse words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and just all those uh, blank, empty spaces empty that we kind of leave in. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now that you're here, how do you feel about this endeavor that I've sucked your fiance into? Oh, it's been um, a whirlwind of a journey for me. <laughs> I knew going in to this endeavor of Gateway Gamers that it would spark an interest in RP, but... Never did I know it would be what it is now. With buying every single villainous game possible, every single different IP game that he is into, and Marvel now is showing him, it's it's um it's been a lot. Yeah, 
<laughs> I mean, you have some background in gaming, though. Your family in I the do. old country of Lancaster. <laughs> in the Amish, <laughs> yes. We get without our electricity. I grew up playing games actually a lot more than RP ever did. So yeah, we never played games. Yeah. Um, so not not as as cool of games as you guys do, but the but there is one cool game that did, I, I did. You did play, bring one really cool, and game I into the room. had to bring it onto this. We'll just throw it down on the table. Let's give us some uh, back of the box here. So you want to reveal the game? What is this game? The game is Dragonology. Dragon Challenge. <laughs> Dragon, yeah, <laughs> it's been a joke. Yeah. So there was this the one time I was over at Audrey's house, and they were talking about this game. And they all just started chanting Dragonology, but for when I retold it, I thought it was Dragon Challenge. <laughs> totally he, wrong. He told me, he was like, there's some game called Dragon Challenge that her and her family play. And I'm like, ooh, is this some Amish, like, <laughs> are they spinning fire bolos around oh in the air? And I'm like, man, Dragon Challenge. I was like, I'm on BGG. Dragon. I was like, I don't know what this game is. No, it's not Dragon Challenge. This is a, um, so actually a little background about this, though. There is actually a book of where this came from. Dragonology is a book that, as you can see on the back of the box, it's Dragonology the Game. So the book came first, and this is the game that came from it. So did you have the book? My brother had the book. That's where we kind of started our interest in this. So this is Dragonology by... I don't even know. Templar Publishing. There we go. (laughs) And Sababa Toys. Sababa Toys. Uh, It's two to six players, ages eight and up. Contents are the game board, the 12-sided die... Six dragonologist playing pieces, nine dragons, 81 bits of knowledge cards, 30 transportation tickets, secret envelope, instructions, and record sheet. You guys want a little bit of the back, back of, of the, the box. box? So first, Dr. Ernest Drake's Dragonology was discovered and published to great acclaim. Now you have the chance to act as Dr. Ernest Drake or one of his distinguished colleagues to see once and for all who is the master dragonologist travel the world by air land and sea gathering knowledge of nine different species of dragons ancient spells and dragon charms will help you in your pursuit be the first dragonologist to master three dragons and advance to the dragon's eye sick right 2006 game the game looks like it's barely held together right now so it's it's beat up i wish i knew the msrp this has to be like a 40 dollar game it's, like looking. Yeah, no, it's a it's a pretty extensive game. When so my my brother got this for Christmas. He was eight when it kind of it probably first came out, and um, it was our big Christmas Day game to play. And f- since then, it's been the nonstop sibling game um, that we always play when we were um, little. Yeah, I was, I've never played this with you guys, and I've only seen you break it out once. There was a lot to break out, so we they broke it out at like ten thirty at night, <laughs> and we set it all up, and then everyone was like, "No." Let's and go all, to bed. then the, the sun went down. He had <laughs> no electricity, so it was just pitch black. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No um, light in the in my, the house. My favorite thing about this game is when I'm looking at it, and I opened it up was all the uh, the winners and dates on the inside. So a lot of gamers mm-hmm. do that; they'll write on the inside the box, really, who won and a date. And I think that's a really cool idea that I've. I don't do because I cherish my stuff too much. Yeah. But I, I thought that was cute. It's like a nice little family well, it, tradition. It was also cool because when you have people, you know, with, if like guests come over or other family, it's like, oh, like we played with well, like yeah. this person on this day. Have you played day. Dragon Challenge? Yeah. So um, I know that was always, so always fun. What's some basic gameplay? Just kind of. Basic gameplay, you play as, as a dragon. So your game piece is a dragon. And it was Ooh. cool because everyone, um, every dragon is a different color, a different type, a different look. So we always all obviously fought over who has the coolest dragon. So you, but everyone always has their favorite one. So you play as that dragon and you move across the board you're moving um basically all over the world either by airplane by train by uh, by by walking um what, the different game pieces what decides the movement dice uh dice okay. yes correct um so then once you move um if you land on a certain you know dragon specific piece on the board collect a dragon so okay. you, you i think the first two six dragons is the is the winner and, and there's dragon cards and there's rotation cards and um and there's even like helpful pieces cards like okay. oh if you have this kind of extra power you can like go like faster on this one so that's the basic game of it it we, we broke it out way too late because it is a very long game mm-hmm. it takes a while to move around but it's so this is like a roll and move like you roll exactly. dice you move around yep. gotcha yep yep but i think our favorite part was the the game pieces are really cool because they're just like it's like really intricate dragons yeah they look like little dollar tree yeah <laughs> they do <laughs> they do i mean they're a little squishy but yeah, yeah. Oh, that's it. you're saying they're really cool okay they're not that cool they're... growing up with it we yeah. thought they were really cool when i was six i'd be like oh <laughs> 
Uh, boys, you ready to play? A roll and move game? <laughs> no. <laughs>